This is episode 447 of the AWS podcast, released on May 19th, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of AWS Launch. Today, we have an awesome service launching, and I'm joined by Dave Cliff, who is the Senior PM for Incident Management here at AWS, and Oren Nachman, the Senior Development Manager of Safety Engineering. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you very much, Nikki. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, my name is Dave Cliff. I am, uh, I, I'd like to go with Incident Management Manager as my title, actually, if I could do that. Anything that manages managing stuff is, is really good in my books, but really excited to be here and share Okay, more. you have to say that three times fast. You have to say that three times oh, fast. Oh, Incident go. Management Manager, Incident Management Manager. No, I can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's a great title choice. I love it. Oren. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Oren Nachman. I am the Senior Manager for Management of Incident Manager for Inside Systems Manager. Manager. What? You want to say that again? I don't think <laughs> what, you can. What was that? Senior, the Senior I, 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 Manager I, I, for Incident. Yeah, we'll get there one day. It's a hard one to follow. Okay, so both of your titles are um, a mouthful. Let's not try to say them too many times fast. So you guys launched something. What, what did you launch? What is Incident Manager? What is Incident Manager? Yeah, we've had a, we've, we've had a fun time building this out because, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a, a work of love, our team internally. We work in safety engineering within AWS, which owns a lot of the operational processes that help to run AWS as a, as a software development organization. And, uh, and so everything to do with operations is where what we care about and what we spend our time on. Uh, so Incident Manager kind of came from that. How can we basically uh, help our customers to resolve incidents faster, similar to how we've tried to help uh, individual AWS service teams resolve incidents faster? So that's really where it's come from. Interesting. So was it a service that was running like internally that we are now exposing or is it something, a brand new thing that is going to solve our problems and also other companies' problems? It's, a, it's, it's actually a combo of both, really. Our team for a, a couple of years now has been building internal software that runs and powers both AWS and Amazon's core incident management products internally. So this is how we've been running the cloud as well as the Amazon.com stacks that run on top of the cloud. So we have experience both running the, the cloud itself as, as that kind of infrastructure and software piece, as well as a very large customer on top of the cloud. And um, at some point we realized, hey, we've got something that's working really, really well internally. And we would talk to customers like a lot because they'd like, you know, they often want to hear about like, how, how, yeah, how do we do things within AWS? How do you manage incidents? What's it like? Uh, and we realized actually we've got something here that's that's pretty cool and, and fairly unique. Um, and so we realized we could go and, and, and bring that external. And then as part of that, we also realized, hey, we can also help internal by, you know, building some features that we never had time for, uh, you know, to build beforehand. So you're kind of ticking both boxes there where we're definitely bringing something new to the market that's based on our previous experience, but that's also going to help us internally. Love that. This sounds awesome. So... What does it look like? Let's say, you know, how can the incident manager help me when I have an incident? 
So a big, a big part of, I think, what's been unique about uh, coming to AWS and understanding how software development works and how operations works here is there's just a, such a, a high degree of emphasis on preparation and a lot of machinery or what we call mechanisms internally to ensure that teams that are new to you know, shipping a new service, um, that they're learning from the teams who have paved the way in the past and, uh, and, and be able to actually leverage that expertise. And so as part of that, you know, preparation is, is really kind of a core tenant of what we're shipping with Incident Manager as well. Um, the way that you are going to resolve incidents faster is by being more prepared, by having automation in the right places. We've run operations for long enough to, internally here at AWS to understand that like, Automation is hugely important and hugely valuable, but it's not a panacea here. It's not gonna, you know, it, it, it's not gonna just like automatically auto remediate every every single production issue that you're gonna deal with. That is not reality. I wish. Um, but you sprinkle automation in the right places, and wow, it it can uh, it can really really speed things up. Um, so making sure that people can automate in the right places and think about that automation ahead of time is a huge a huge part of what we're trying to accomplish here with Incident Manager. All right, so walk me through what this looks like. It's three in the morning and my pager goes off and I have a bug in production. What is the Incident Manager doing to help me? What are the stages? Where is it coming into play with this automation? Um, and I, I, you know, I'm really groggy, so how much is it gonna help me? Hopefully so, a lot. So firstly, just to be yeah, just to be super clear, no one's carrying page or not not no one, but very few people are carrying actual pages, right? Like it, it's a pager at Amazon. Well, it's Everyone, an app. It's going to be an app. Exactly. So for us, at least my at launch, it's, if we're talking about like SMSs, phone calls, etc. Like you're using your phone. We're not. We're not. We're yes. not going back to it's kind of the archaic land. Yes, uh, my phone was paged. But, I don't have yes, a pager. Yes, yes, it was engaged. It was engaged. Um, we are. We we really tried to optimize actually for that scenario because we've all been on call. And, and and in fact, some of us are on call right now. Um, let's hope we don't get engaged. Uh, but I don't want to talk about it. No, <laughs> but we. But exactly right. Like we've all had those stories where we've had that on call shift, and it's been brilliant because you know we've only gotten engaged during the day, and we're just kind of slowly burning through tickets, and you go to sleep, and then three o'clock in the morning, right when you're hitting that that you know that that wonderful kind of REM sleep, etc. You know, beep beep, and 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 you get kind of woken up, and we really wanted to optimize for that scenario of. Person's woken up, has no idea what's going on. They're half asleep and we need them to, you know, we need to provide them with the right amount of information so that they can mitigate this incident as quickly as possible. And honestly, I wanted to get back to bed, right? Um, and, and Yeah, I want to get back to that great dream I was yeah, having. Exactly, right? right? So how is incident and, and, manager and, 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 and ideally, their customers want to be able to get back to, you know, whatever they're trying to buy at three o'clock in the morning. And so it's we, we focused on, on this combination of, and, and it ties back into what Dave was talking about in terms of preparation. Being able to set up before the incident exactly what views you want to see that are customized for that incident. So you get like a, you can set up for that incident exactly what metrics are relevant for that incident. So that when incident mm -hmm. manager triggers, it will it automatically creates an incident dashboard that's specific to that incident. It has a specific uh, summary that can be automatically generated and dumped into the ticket. Uh, well, it's not sorry, it's not a ticket. It's an incident record. And then uh, we have dashboards that are dynamically created. So this is not like a a set CloudWatch dashboard that you have, or rather it's a dashboard that's per incident. Uh, we create visual timelines so that one of the biggest pain points we have internally is kind of managing that incident timeline while, while things are going on and people are kind of like juggling these kind of text edits to, to, to their entries. We just manage that automatically for you. And then we also brought in chat 
via integration via chatbot so that when you start, you know, you need to coordinate and it's three o'clock in the morning, you're not quite sure what's going on, but you, you, you have an incident management room and you can go ping it and the AWS chatbot is sitting there and it's already dumped like a record of the incident record into the chatbot. So it's there, you know, if someone else is awake, you know, happens nice. to be in a different time zone. Uh, and again, you're getting all that succinct view of what the incident looks like right now so that you can dive straight in. Plus you have that run book that Dave was talking about, which is this mix of both automation as well as guidance. Uh, we actually find that at least within Amazon, a lot of our run books are, are this hybrid of both automation, right? We have our tools that we run during an incident, but we also have the guidance where it's like, I don't want to have to think about it. I, I might not be the expert on this yeah. exact service that's now paging me, right? We have two pizza teams that own multiple right. microservices. And so having that visual record of like, do this, do this. Oh, this didn't work or branch off onto here. But we automate that as well using systems manager automation documents so that you can then progress through Ooh. step by step. In, and it's, it's visual. We've, we, we've kind of rebuilt a visual experience to kind of take out all the bits and pieces that you don't really care about from the automation documents. You care about it, obviously, in the context of automation, but not in the context of I'm an incident manager and I'm trying to like move my incident forward. Uh, and you get that control either right there in chat or from the incident dashboard itself as well. So again, the whole point is to simplify as much as possible so that you have all the information that you need kind of at your fingertips. So these are like functional documents, essentially. They're giving me steps, but also like there's buttons in there where I can click and go yeah, do something. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Most of what we've seen with customers, especially, is that, I mean, that these are, these are you know, operating procedures. You're, they're your SOPs. They're not fully automated, you know, like no, nobody has, has really gotten to that point where everything is just kind of fully automated operation, autonomous operations, or, you know, whatever that, that kind of future, future state really is. In reality, it is more of like, now I, I've got this command that I need to run and here's the instructions for the command. And if you can automate a part of that command, then that, that'll definitely help you speed up. But for the most part, it's a, it's a wiki page that you're following. And unfortunately, like having to context switch into wiki or into, you know, your readme or whatever, and when you're in the middle of an incident is, uh, is somewhat problematic. So again, like integrating it into that incident dashboard as Warren was laying out, like, is a, was a huge, hugely important step for us to make sure that that information is there contextually. Yeah. That's really cool. It's like an interactive wiki. It's like instead of me switching between the wiki and my terminal to figure things out, I'm just using the wiki and following it and maybe like clicking in a place to actually execute that command. Or, so are these runbooks created by the organization that is using Incident Manager or are some of the instructions in the runbook even you know, I could see a world in where machine learning could come in and insert a step five of like, hey, by the way, I think you should check on this while you're at it. Yeah, we I mean, we're providing obviously with automation documents, there's a bunch of out of the box, you know, auto remediations, like restart an EC2 instance, maybe you can just, you know, kick it and restart it and hope, hope that, that that improves things or, you know, or purge Turn it purge off, turn logs. it on again, age old. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of those, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call them command um, executions that, that we ship as common remediations. But, but again, it's up to you as a, as a, you know, as a customer to basically customize it to, to fit your particular alarm. And so we, you know, we see them as more of a, like a hierarchy or kind of a, a nest set of nested documents where you can kind of orchestrate your, you know, your run book and invoke different commands at different steps when you need them. And we do also have let's 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 not forget right the 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 human learning based runbook which Dave actually put together based on a lot of the learnings from from internal, which we do provide as a 
kind of a getting started template for some of our customers who who are just interested in seeing like what our essentially our SOP, our run books kind of look like. Um, obviously, it's hard to distill right. it down to exact scenarios, so we've gone very generic. But it does provide, if a customer is looking for something to get started from at least, um, there's a really great template to, to get started from. What about best practices? How does Incent Manager help customers with those? Yeah, so that's and that that's a great example of one of the you know one of the best practices. Hey, we can give you a, a template to start from that at least gives you the the steps to the process. And you know when it comes to incident management or incident response, you know the even just the four basic steps of triage, diagnosis, mitigation, and recovery, and understanding those as steps and what what you need to do in each of those areas, or just I mean some of the best practices for us is you know roll back like roll back first. Look to roll back. Seriously, yeah. like that is ask what, later. Yeah, just, just click, yeah. just click the button. Right just roll now. back. Like you, you got to start there. Honestly, um, in many many cases, that that's going to help um, more than hinder. You know, but the, those are the types of things. I, I think the other thing that we we really wanted to pull out, especially with the template and best practices, is um, is mitigate impact. Like look for and understand the customer impact because uh, you know us as engineers we have the tendency to like go way down the rabbit hole looking for what yeah. is the root cause you know what exactly was it specifically that changed that caused this when in reality like you know customers are burning for 30 minutes while you log dive you know in into the middle of oblivion or something roll yeah back. just roll back step one do the roll log back, diving later then go find the yeah. root cause there is a really big like cultural aspect to a lot of this which is uh and best practices but applying those to culture which is probably the hardest thing actually for folks who don't have that culture right like at amazon we're super quick to escalate i mean we'll pull in a call leader who'll pull in you know vps as needed in fact, I've seen. I was going to ask about escalations. Actually. I, I've seen. My next question. I've been on incidents, so um, I have the honor of being an AWS call leader occasionally, and which means I get pulled in sometimes to some of these very large scale incidents that thankfully happen very, very rarely, um, if at all, at AWS. But I, I've seen like junior engineers pull in VPs and yell at them on a phone call because the focus at Amazon is is really about. MTTM, which is what, what Dave was talking about. So it's mean time to mitigation versus to resolution. And that really changes. We've found every, every organization is unique in what works for them. But what we have found is that the focus on mitigation versus resolution is, is revolutionary <laughs> from our perspective. Because it, it hones to our developers that, look, if I'm page at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I can see what broke the build or what broke the, or it's not even breaking the build, right? I'm going to be paged because I'm, I'm impacting customers. And I look at that code change and it happens to be mine. My first instinct is, uh-oh, I did this. I broke this. I got to go fix this in code. Like, I know what the bug is. Let me go fix it. Let me go, yeah. you know, let me go fix the code. And that's wrong. Yeah, first instinct should be roll back, go back to bed. Yeah, 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 exactly. And because the point is to mitigate. You want to get your customers up and running as quickly as possible. And then you can resolve it later. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, our first option a lot of times is like, hey, let's scale up. Yeah, we've got a problem that's affecting our machines. Our machines can only take 80% of the load they can normally take. So first we'll scale up. Let's scale up, take care of the, you know, mitigate the customer impact. Still an incident. We're not, we're not like downgrading it or anything. We're not saying like, oh, we're not looking at it or we'll just, you know, you know, frugality kind of kicks in a little bit there. We're not going to just, okay, just run forever with 20% extra. But, but it's not important right now, the point. And, and so with Incident Manager, actually, we try and help you know, reinforce that a little bit with the point of, you know, we're looking at graphs and metrics and we're looking at like, how quickly can you mitigate that? I don't care. I care a lot about the root cause and analyzing that 
after the incident, but the focus is drop that alarm back to green so that your customers are happy and your resolvers are happy and they can go back to bed at three o'clock, you know, 3.30, as opposed to sitting around till six o'clock trying to work on the, the right fix that actually isn't needed right now. And there's, there's a precondition there too that, I, that I, I wanna call out. The precondition to understanding the time to mitigate is the fact that you understand what customer impact is actually going on. Because I mean, l- let's be honest, most, you know, most of the teams that, that I talk to, like they don't have that level of understanding. Like they're looking at resource level metrics and, and they have an understanding of like, hey, this is what this EC2 instance says but they don't really understand the step beyond that, which is what is the actual, what is the customer experiencing it at this time? And so again, I think right. like in terms of like the, the metrics to plug into and the alarms that need to trigger these response plans in incident manager, we really want to get to helping customers understand like what are those customer impact metrics or those key performance indicators, the KPIs that, you know, that, that should be the ones that you should wake up for, not just the, oh, there was a bug, one one customer hit it, you know, then it, it was transient. I love that because, yeah, well, of, often you, you don't see that in the ticket, right? You might get, um, you know, alarm triggered, but you read the ticket and it's evident that one customer is having some large issue, right? And then you go hunting for that one customer's issue. But, you, but what you're missing is that just because one customer raised the alarm, there could be hundreds of customers experiencing the same issue and you're just thinking that one customer is blocked, but in reality, that might not yeah. be the case. And often it is not the case. It's just that one person decided that's to ring right. the alarm. So, you know, that's a really, really great point on, on mitigation at first. So, okay, so, so incident manager really comes into play with helping me go back to sleep. Okay, so now I've woken up, it's the next day, and I'm like finding, yeah, we're walking through a real scenario because, you know, I, I'm on call a lot. So I, I woke up the next day, and I decided to find the root cause of my code. It was me. I, I inevitably me right bad code. Obviously, duh. It had yeah. to be me. Uh, so I woke up the next morning and I found the root cause. Well, typically, you know, at Amazon, what we do is we have like a, you know, a correction of error report afterwards that talks about how did this happen? How did we get here? Why why did this maybe happen? Is there something that we can do in the future to prevent it? Does Incident Manager help me in developing that report? after the fact, after I've actually fixed the bug? And then how do I tell incident manager, hey, we're good, I did it, it's actually really fixed. I didn't just roll back and like leave it, I've actually corrected it now. Yeah, the, uh, the, the learning process is, uh, I mean, is one that, uh, I, again, reinforcing some of the internal workings of, of AWS here, like it's, it's such a critical part of, you know, it's, it's I think as, as John Allspa and the community call, you know, in the, in the kind of, Postmortem incident learning community. Um, you know, these are opportunities. These are these these are incidents, yes, but they're opportunities for learning about your systems and how they work and where you can potentially improve them. And so, you know, Incident Manager again was built built basically uh, to help you go through that process. And again, going back to best practices, we you know we provide another template here where we're actually providing the set of questions that that we recommend that you start start asking yourself. Uh, specifically around detection, triage, again, diagnosis, mitigation. Like, what are what are some of the some of the questions that we that we walk through internally in in that COE process ourselves? We've actually mirrored into Incident Manager and shipped a template for customers to start from uh, to start to identify some of those action items, those those improvements 
that they can make. And then actually another key part of what we've offered there is the ability to, to create those action items and then track them through to completion. So helping our customers to create a mechanism for themselves to get better, as opposed to just relying on on good intentions, which I mean, everybody wants higher availability, like, and, and unfortunately, like, you can't, you can't really get there because everybody has good intentions. You can't get there without good mechanisms. And that's something that's kind of reinforced over and over again in, in how we do operations. Totally, totally. And if I can avoid the 3 a.m. wake up calls, I that's mean, right. gladly. Absolutely. I'm on board. And that, that team, um, so, so we, to get this done, we actually pulled in the experts in this. We actually pulled in the folks who have written our internal COE, the Correction of Errors tool. And they've written a feature called, we call the feature post-incident analysis. It goes kind of a little bit more of a generic name to, to fit in with, you know, whichever, whatever your organization would like to call it. But, but they've done a phenomenal job. Um, you know, our team there has, has done an incredible job of making this an interactive template. We will pull automatically pull over all the data that you have in the incident is pulled over automatically. So there's very little, if any, copy pasting. The, the timeline comes over, the metrics come over, and the metrics are actually snapshotted. So, you know, we don't want you to have to worry about like, where did this, where did the metrics come from? Were they in CloudWatch or did you have some kind of other native, you know, I mean, you know, I mean we have folks who are still monitoring things in Nagios from lift and shift uh, instances. You can pull that information over as well and it will be snapshotted into this analysis. And then you can go and interact with those graphs and stick, you know, live annotations on them, et cetera. So that, you know, I think one of those key things is you want to learn for yourself and your team so you can prevent it, but you also want to be able to share that with other people so that they can, you know, other people in the organization so that they can also learn. Uh, you know, one of the coolest things I remember at Amazon in my first week was seeing a COE about some shipping errors that had happened, right? They're completely unrelated, like, like, like literally trucks rolling off to the wrong places, right? And Oh my. We have a very open process at Amazon of learning from each other in a very blameless way. I mean, we like a COE will never have a name in it. I mean, I mean, maybe if it said yes. something like 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 Jeff Bezos said, I'm allowed to do something. Maybe, but like, <laughs> but you you're never going to see a name in one of these because the whole point is that if something went wrong, it's not it's not the resolver's fault. It's not it's not poor Nikki's fault for you know you know Nikki went through all the right processes. You know, they they went through the code review and then they went through testing and things still happen. And there was yep. Let's learn how we yeah. can protect and provide the right guardrails so that you know we're protecting our folks and our customers at the same time. Love that. Love that. Uh, also, just the theory behind it. I feel like that's just, it's just opens up a world of actual learning instead of a culture of like just fear of making a mistake. So, you know, there's a ton of, uh, of customers out there. We have a large ecosystem that obviously includes many AWS partners. How does Incident Manager work with other ticketing or on-call systems? We know that it works inside of our internal AWS systems, but what about out there? Yeah, we have, I mean, a lot of customers that are using, you know, Jira, Jira Service Desk, uh, ServiceNow, and basically tracking tracking incidents or tickets today. So we want to make sure that they had an experience where, um, you know, an incident that is created an incident manager can, can effectively be tracked within those systems as well. So we've got kind of first class integrations there. And again, the, the intent really is that as Oren kind of laid out, there's a, there's a lot of data around you know live metrics, the, the runbook information. You're you know you're in the in your AWS account running automations as part of that runbook, and so there's a lot of data that unfortunately I think is is hard to just kind of supplant into a ticketing experience. So that's really why we've created this incident dashboard within the AWS console that you can interact with via Slack and chatbot. 
but ultimately is in the AWS console because it, it needs access to, you know, to run those automations and to, to, to view those metrics and all of that. So, but the intent really is that you're, you know, you can drive your active response from within incident manager and then the rest of the incident management process. And that's, you know, connecting to support and support tickets and the rest of the incident communications can continue to happen within your incident management system within that ticketing system. So those are really key integrations for us. Um, we're really glad that, that we can kind of make those available. And then there's other systems, as you mentioned, like on-call systems like PagerDuty and uh, Atlassian Ops Genie and others that we want to make sure that customers of those systems can continue to be successful, but also get kind of the the incident response information that they need within the AWS console. And so we're trying to working basically with those partners uh, to kind of tie the experiences together there as well so that they can be be successful, honestly, um, so that customers can be successful and and kind of get page to and see the context that they need, regardless of you know where they're logging in to view that information. Love that message. You know, stay with your existing ticketing on call system and then just integrate inside Incident exactly. Manager to access all the AWS specific things that come into play in your app or your service or whatever it is that you've built yeah. on AWS. So what does this cost? Because obviously like, Obviously, I want this. If I don't already have it, I want it. Many, and I'm sure everyone many, else does. Many, many dollars. Many dollars. No, we. Uh, so the the intent. Oh gosh. <laughs> we the intent was really we. Hopefully, we are, the opposite. We, yeah, exactly. No, we uh, we 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 didn't want to penalize you for having incidents. That's the tricky thing. Is that you know I mean uh, many of our customers are very very much used to you know usage based pricing, and I think this is one where we kind of felt like eh, usage based model seems a little bit a little bit backwards in this particular case. So we kind of looked at some of the other models out there and for things like a, you know, a CloudWatch dashboard, you pay $3 per month for a CloudWatch dashboard to help improve your preparation and, and, and ensure that, hey, I can use that dashboard when I'm ready. So uh, what we did was roll out pricing for uh, basically $7 per response plan per month. So basically as you, you, know, as you, you get your team set up with a response plan with potentially multiple response plans, that you know you've got the peace of mind that hey that's there you can run as many incidents through it as you need to up to you know certain high limits but but really that the uh, that you're paying kind of that flat seven dollars per month that includes 100 messages per month so sms voice you don't have to think about paying you know for those those charges in addition we've got that all rolled into the response plan awesome one of the cool things is our setup is incredibly complex but also very simple. So there's a lot of infrastructure that goes into running or set, making sure the incident manager is very reliable for our customers. We're shipping out of the box with uh, cross-account functionality as well as multi-regional functionality. So you will go into incident Ooh. manager and you will set up cross-account access so that no matter what, I mean, the, the average service within Amazon has a couple of hundred accounts. Uh, we know that for customers, that's, we, they often don't get to that amount, uh, but they're still running multiple different AWS accounts they need to jump across. And we wanted to make sure they have the same incident view across all of them. And you're not paying for any of that. Like that's all kind of built in out of the box into that $7 out of that response plan. We wanted multi-regional. We know, we know that most of our customers are running in at least two different regions. You will go in and set up incident manager and you won't get a different view if you're in US East 1 versus you know AP Southeast 2, right? You're going to get exactly the same view no matter which region you're going to go in as long as you've configured it. And all of that setup, all that replication, all that infrastructure is configured and done for you in the background. We really, I want to really emphasize what Dave was saying. Like we yeah. didn't want to 
kind of almost like nickel and dime you on like every single little bit that, that's that's going on in the background because we felt like for something like incident management, that the setup became a bit too complex. We really wanted to make it nice, simple, to the point with a model that you can really understand. Uh, so it doesn't matter how many people are in your team or your organization. It doesn't matter how many, you know, you know how many incidents you're running, et cetera. It's, it's all about that response plan. And we take care of all the infrastructure in the background. And we have, we spin up, I mean, our setup takes a little bit of a while because we're spinning up individual infrastructure for each customer. There's no shared infrastructure here at all, right? Like every customer here gets their own unique data store with replication uh, and functionality, et cetera. But that's all kind of built into that, to that response plan. Love this. So how easy it is it for me if I own if I had an organization of my own to set this up for my team? Yeah, I mean the, you go ahead, Oren. So sorry. Yeah, go for it, Dave. No, I'm, I was gonna say it is literally one click. I mean it's not quite, but it's it's if you, one well, click. Well if you if you really wanted it to be if you I mean obviously we always recommend that we do everything in code, right? Like like just like infrastructure in code, if you can do provisioning of your response plans, etc. in code, that's obviously way better. Yes. Absolutely. You're gonna get, you know, the benefits of code reviews for your response plans and those sorts of bits and pieces, right? But at least some of the initial setup, which you probably only have to do ever do once, it's as easy as it's it's two clicks and you're set up. It's pretty much that. It's The first one is the intro Holy of like, hello, moly. welcome to the service. And the second one is Select like, your choose your regions. Select yep. your regions. And, and and encryption, obviously, right? This is this is customer data. We don't want it like, like you know, you have full control of your data at all times. So if you want to choose, uh, so customers can bring their own KMS keys to do their own encryption. But like once you're done with that, it, it's all set up. Like everything else happens in the background where we're running this, this we, we invested a lot of time, effort and people into making sure that we have a really strong provisioning pipeline that just runs without you having to do anything except for wait, which is always the kind of annoying thing, right? You have to sit there for like about a minute, um, which is longer than it sounds. Oh but gosh, one minute. No, we're working, on, we're working on it. We want it to be faster, but it's, um, but, but we have to, we do. I can't sit there for one minute. Wouldn't be no. able to do it. Uh, and, then, and then after that, we do guide you through kind of, you know, the, a visual setup. So for folks who, who really want to go sit down and understand exactly what the service looks like, We've invested a lot of time in in a walkable UX where you can walk through and build up from I have nothing to I have some contacts that represent my team and I have a, a, my, you know my first response plan or my tenth response plan. It doesn't actually really matter, uh, and everything's kind of wired up from there. So can I go turn this on in all my service accounts right now? <laughs> this sounds so great. You should. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, your production ones, because honestly, you don't want to be paged for staging or, you know, for uh, for for non-production. No, no, my production yes. ones specifically. <laughs> yes. yes, that that is Excellent. absolutely what, we, is what we want. But yeah, I mean, to Warren's point, like, again, I think the 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 big thing that we we're admittedly nervous about, but we want customers to understand is just that there's concepts here. Again, we're introducing a concept called a response plan. We're tying together a bunch of automation around that, including the runbook, who gets paged, contacts, escalation, chatbot. Like we're tying a bunch of things together here because we really wanted to provide kind of more of a fully kind of packaged offering. And so as a result, like, you know, once you understand the concepts, how they plug together can be really seamless and simple. I mean, this honestly sounds so cool to me. I'm really stoked for the next 3 a.m. wake up call that I just immediately am like, okay, I got this. Incident managers on my team. We're going to get through it. And we're going to go back to back sleep. Back to sleep. After that we're is done. And then hopefully never engage again at 3 a.m. because you've done your analysis afterwards and it's just perfect from there on out. That's right. Good mechanism. I mean, until robots write code, I, we'll see about that. 
Yeah. We will see. Well, this is this has been really fun. Is there anything else that you would like customers to know about Incident Manager? Just to get prepared, prepare more effectively. That's exactly, I mean, that that is the, the overarching message that we're trying to push through that, yeah, I mean, it, you, you just have to think through this thing and go beyond just the, oh, this is the alarm that I want to wire up because I think that's that's where a lot of the preparation ends for a lot of our customers. You got to go beyond just the alarm. Like, what what do you do? Who, who should be paged? What runbook do they need to run? Like, where do I collaborate with other folks when, you know, when and if it's needed? And and thinking through that preparation, I mean, we're super excited to be able to to share that with, with our customers and yeah, and make it so that that's that's the, the posture of every customer. We want every AWS customer who is running, you know, important production systems to be able to turn on Incident Manager and be yeah. successful with it. Yeah, and also what happens postmortem? Yes. How do we keep Deep learning? Learn. How do we move yes. forward as an organization in a blameless way? And if there is anything that customers are finding, like, like as they're running through, uh, we're learning as well what customers want. We have a very diverse set of customers and we're always looking for, for feedback. We're always open to feedback. Uh, can't always guarantee that we'll, t- you know, that we'll go implement everything, but definitely always looking for, for to learn about how customers are using our product and, and what they're doing with incident management and how we can make their lives easier. Because again, the, the, the point here is to get to that ultimate customer so that they have, you know, the ultimate uptime. And so if we can help with that in any way, we are, we, you know, we're always looking for those opportunities. Okay. So how can customers get in contact with you guys about incident manager? Oh, Twitter's a good way to do it, I guess. Use the tweets. My Twitter handle is cliffhangers with a cliff with an E. I would love to love to hear from folks. I think again, uh, you know, where we will we will learn from you in many ways, I and mean, we're happy to share what we what we have learned certainly and how we in terms of how we operate. But everybody's coming from a unique situation, one way or another, whether it's operating model or just a you know different scale, different different concerns, and we're we're certainly. Uh, Really, really looking forward to hearing from our customers as part of rolling this out. Yeah, I'll, I'll plus one that Twitter for me as well. I, I don't have a cool handle like Dave does. I, I, I guess I signed up when when it was kind of the very nerdy, just use your name. So I, I'm Oren Nachman on Twitter. You can find me on there. But I love the discourse that happens on Twitter as well. It's kind of, it's really fun. But I, you know, DMs are fine as well, but it's always fun to have a couple of customers that are chatting between themselves and I'm just sitting there going like, wow, you've sold it for yourselves and that's brilliant. And uh, love it. I can learn how to make it easier <laughs> for next time she didn't even have to ask. That's right. Love that. All right, so engage with these guys on Twitter for sure. You, you guys know where to find me. I'm also on Twitter. My Twitter handle is knee like your knee and a key 23. Always love to get your feedback on the podcast or this launch or anything else you want to chat about in terms of AWS. Until next time, guys, keep on building.